0: Hey everyone, welcome to the Acrobatic Arts Podcast. I'm Loren, and I will be interviewing some of the top leaders and innovators from the dance and acrobatic industry. If you are a teacher, performer, student, or a lifelong learner like myself, you are sure to find these episodes intriguing and full of inspiration. Acrobatic Arts is passionate about providing current and relevant information for everyone. So please, sit back and enjoy as we share our passion with you and the world. Do you want to know how to improve every acro skill? Are you entering your students into acro exams? If you said yes, then this episode with Sandra Elliott, the Principal of Acrobatic Arts is one you won't want to miss.
1: super excited to share uh, what we kind of feel are the top five common errors found in primary through level three so number one and these aren't in any particular order but as you know number one is going to be strength so as we all know strength is essential for achieving good technique as well as for safety and injury prevention and often you know what it's not even the skills themselves uh, the syllabus skills themselves that have significant errors in them But rather, it's the dancers ability to apply the strength that they've learned in those skills to other skills. And with a little bit of added core and upper body strength, they will be able to make huge gains in their bouncing, limbering and tumbling skills, which would significantly affect their marks. So having that idea of making that connection is going to be really important for your dancers. It can be challenging for beginner dancers to acquire strength, but it can be especially difficult for young dancers. And dancers that struggle with adding strength generally don't enjoy doing it. So we are going to try and make it fun. We're going to do lots of different things with them in the classes. We can do relay races with their bear walks and their crab walks and their frog jumps, and log rolls. And we wanna get them to work on their technique while we're doing these relay races as well. So if you've got a dancer that's doing this crazy sloppy log roll, going down the mat as fast as possible just so that they can win the race, send them back to start again and then they'll learn how to better get that Superman in that hollow position in a quick transference of weight. Coloring pages. On our Dance resource center, we have tons of teaching tools and teaching materials that you can use with your dancers. Sending home a coloring page that reflects strength and then having them color it at home and maybe take a picture of themselves doing that strength element or a video doing that strength skill and bringing it back to you for an extra piece of gold is a great idea to motivate your dancers. Stop, drop, and, in this case, I'm going to say v-sit. So dancers know this from school. They have stop, drop, and read days. You can set a timer for yourself and every however many minutes, let's say seven minutes, you are going to have a timer go off and then you yell out, stop, drop, and v-sit. And they do their v-sit for say 20 seconds And then they jump right back up and they continue working on whatever material you were working on. And then your timer will go off seven minutes later again. Simon says, all young people love to play Simon Says. Do it with them with strength skills. If someone moves when they shouldn't, off they go to the wall for a wall sit or some other skill. And then they come back 20 seconds later after holding that wall sit and they can participate in the game again. Don't let them just sit on the floor. So there are tons of ideas for games that you can find on the AcroDance Resource Center. So take a look, as well as our other platforms like YouTube and Facebook groups, etc. Number two is handstands. Handstands are so fundamental to basically every single skill we do in acro. From level one to level three, it's our handstand and pike at the wall which is going to directly lead into our straight handstand at the wall in level four. So we want that handstand to be really solid, building those fundamental techniques in those lower levels. It is really important to watch for some of these common following errors. So arching in the back and expanding the rib cage. Dancers tend to sag in the back and open up their rib cage. So what can we do to help them out? We can practice bad posture, good posture. So they get the idea, that the good posture is that tight position. Using other skills to help supplement that handstand like hollow on the floor. Using that scarf underneath the lower back like we taught you in module one. Using imagery like belly button touching the spine or tying up a string on the bottom two ribs. Things like that are going to help your dancers understand how to make that rib cage neutral and to engage those core muscles. The arms being too wide, this is huge. It takes way more strength to hold a handstand with wide arms than it does to hold a handstand with arms directly under the shoulders. So use the elastic handcuffs. Put down stickers on the floor. Use the rubber or felt handprints that we have for you in in the different uh, preschool boxes and things like that. Okay, to help them to understand shoulder width apart with their hands. And the last one is really tough for these levels. But pushing the floor away and not engaging the shoulders is another common error that we see. So when a dancer is holding their handstand at the wall, encourage them to think in their head. Three, two, one, push. Three, two, one, push. And then what's going to happen is that they'll just continually engage their proper back and shoulder muscles. That's going to help them to get that rock solid handstand. Okay. and just a reminder, as I mentioned, really hard for the dancers in these lower levels to execute. So don't expect huge results, but keep at it and you'll see some improvement over time. And you can introduce this concept early on, on all fours. They can be standing uh, facing a wall in like a plank position with their hands against the wall so that they can get the feeling of engaging those back and shoulder muscles. And then you could also do it in plank. Miss Loren had an awesome episode, too, where she talked about amazing tips for developing strength and posture and alignment in handstands. So if you missed that episode, make sure you check it out. Number three is the square hip splits, those dreaded square hip splits. It's so hard for some dancers to buy into the benefit, but I want to really encourage you to keep up that tough love and keep at it generally dancers do really well in level one in the square hip exercise they are able to show us examiners exactly where square hips is but then when we get to level two they tend to fall back into that it's more important to touch the block than it is for me to have my hips square okay they're not making that connection of what they learned in level one to what they need to show us in level two and three so You want to check out the AcroDance Resource Center, the skill focus there. Actually, if you take a look and read it, square hips is the number one item on that focus list. And what that's doing is that's telling you and your dancers that this is the most important thing that we're looking for. Yes, range of motion and touching the block is important, but dancers will not reach standard in their exam mark for this skill if they do not have square hip splits in addition to touching the block. We would love to see dancers in their exams actively working to square off their hips when they're in their square hip splits while we're assessing them. So we don't want them to over fidget, but we do want them to actively be working to square off those hips. Obviously getting enough flexibility in the hamstring of the front leg and the quad as well as other hip flexors of the back leg is going to be really key in order to be successful with square hips. So I know Miss Kate is doing a mini and she's going to talk about hip flexibility in addition to shoulder flexibility. So you want to make sure you check this episode out for handy tips on how to get more flexibility in your dancers for their pre-splits. Here are some tips I'm going to give you about trying to get your dancer to access those proper square hips. Number one is going to be use blocks under each hand. So in addition to the block underneath their leg, have them prop themselves up with blocks under each hand. It'll help them to sit up straighter, allow gravity to take effect and give a little bit more influence into getting down. You can also give them the idea of headlights or a meter stick or a dowel. So with the headlights, it's an imagery thing. Their hip bones are the two headlights on a vehicle and you wanna keep that vehicle on the road and not go off into the ditch. So keeping it facing directly forward. With a meter stick you could lay it across the front of their hip whichever hip is going to be the farthest forward and then their goal is to get that hip that's lagging behind forward to touch that meter stick so both hip bones are touching that meter stick or dowel have them take a look in the mirror so if they've got their downstage leg or the leg closest to the mirror out in front so let's say that's that left leg if they can see their right glute muscle then they know that their hips are not square. So they need to square off their hips enough that that back hip, that upstage hip, is not visible to them. Bending the back knee. So again, in that left pre-split, if they bend their right knee, that right heel behind them should go towards their right shoulder. If it goes off to their left shoulder or towards the front of the room, then they know right away that their hips are not square they need to make sure they're squaring off their hips and that back heel will come up to the same shoulder. And then always adding hip openers to every lesson. There are lots of safe yoga hip openers that can benefit low level dancers. Number four, this is one of my pet peeves, proper head placement in bridge skills. So it does take a lot of strength in the posterior neck muscles in order to have the eyes looking at the floor and the bridge for a prolonged period of time. So we need to build that strength and that stamina with our dancers. But it's such an important aspect because it's a huge contributor to balance, weight placement, proper transfer of weight, control and line. And it seems to get overlooked a lot. So it is worth the extra attention to try to get your dancers to internalize this technique. Doing it in bridge hold is going to be uh, a very great starting point for your dancers because it is a stationary skill and then once they've established that start really uh, drilling at home in skills like bridge retiree bridge retiree devope uh, bridge walking inside out bridge those bridge skills in level two and three all need to really have our dancers understand how to place their heads properly and then when we move forward into level four if we've done all that work in levels one to three when we get to forward limbering skills like a handstand to bridge then our dancers are going to really understand how to use their head to help them maintain for example the stacking of the shoulders over the wrists in a handstand to bridge and to be able to control those legs coming down beautifully it's going to allow those higher level skills to be achieved much more easily and just before i go on just another quick reminder about making sure that your bridge recovers are really mastered beautifully before getting your dancers into higher progressions. Perfecting the bridge progressions in level two and three are going to set your dancer up for success. And that bridge recover is one of those vital skills for that success. Number four, rolling on heads and rolls. So this is super common, especially with lower level or beginner dancers and young dancers. So whether it's a somersault, a forward pike roll, ending in pike, forward roll, continuous straddle rolls, any roll variation, we want to see the dancer make contact to the floor with their shoulders rather than their head. There should never be pressure on the head or the neck during any sort of skill. This is really essential for injury prevention. Okay, and our last one, but not least, is tidy, confident beginning and endings. And we seem to remember to say it, remember our tidy beginning and endings to every skill, and I think we say it this way, beginnings and endings, because it's sequential order. And it's totally true. A solid beginning is going to set up a dancer for success, both mentally and physically. However, we want those dancers to think about the endings too. And due to the nature of exams, most dancers tend to do a pretty good job of setting themselves up for a proper, tidy, clean beginning, right? But then what we do seem to see is that they forget about the ending of the skill. So I would like to encourage you to have big celebrations of tidy endings. Reinforce that the endings are as important as the beginnings. And maybe every so often we should say, remember tidy endings and beginnings. And that might trigger dancers to think about it a little bit more. So often dancers will present a skill like an L handstand or a pre-handstand or a cartwheel, et cetera. Anything that um, has any weight bearing on the hands. And they do show a tidy entrance. They do a nice transference of weight. And then when they recover out of it they tend to leave their bodies down and recover up with their hands by their sides but what we would rather like to see is number one our tidy beginning and then we have that clean transference of weight and if it's appropriate for the skill or if it's required by the skill we would have that proper stacking position and then what we want to see is the body recovering at the same time as the last working leg is coming down So in the lower levels, level one to three, we're probably going to see a little bit of a pike at the hips and that's okay at these levels, but at least we're drilling the idea of recovering the body. As they get more strong and more proficient, we're hoping to see that work a little bit more like a true lever system. So as the leg comes down, the body is coming up like a seesaw or a teeter-totter, okay? And that's going to help our dancers make sure that they connect skills beautifully So if they're going to connect two back walkovers in a row, it's going to set them up for more success in the second back walkover. And also looking forward to where we have skills that require a quick, sharp snap up of the body. Think cartwheel rebound, think round off, think back handspring. If they have this idea built into them and this technique developed where they're automatically recovering their body out of any transference of weight onto the hands, they'll be more ready for those skills. Then we will set ourselves up for success as well. It'll be a time saving thing. We won't have to reteach it when we get there. It'll alleviate a lot of frustration. And of course, it'll alleviate possible injury. And then finally, we're going to recover into that nice tidy position that we started in. And I would like to encourage your dancers, especially in exams, and you'll need to practice this in class for them to think in their heads. They finished their L handstand or their straight handstand in the case of my pictures here. And they'll think in their minds, thank goodness, it's over. And then they can relax and walk away. Okay, if the examiner tells them to relax, they can relax. So it gives them that opportunity to finish it off and not run away too quickly. So thank goodness, it's over. And that brings me to my thank goodness is over. Just kidding, I really enjoyed myself today. (laughs) I would really like to thank you for spending time with us and hopefully the material i presented will be helpful to you as you train your dancers into acrobatic arts exams. Reach out to us at any time on any of our platforms and we are here to answer your questions and to help support you in any way.
0: Sandra, thank you so much for the wonderful information. I will definitely be listening to this again as I prepare my own students for their upcoming ACRO exams. Thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great day.